You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Do we have any announcements or anything that we need to share tonight? Okay. I know like uh, next Wednesday is kind of our final night um, of Renew, and then we're going to take just a little bit of a break over the Christmas and uh, winter um, months, and I think we're going to fire back up at the beginning of February. So that's an announcement. How's that? Good. Hey, uh, I was just reading through Galatians, and I came across like this really kind of cool phrase, kind of jumped out at me, and I kind of just sat and thought on it for a while, and um, Book of Galatians is uh, Paul's writing uh, there and uh, just really um, challenging those who are believers um, and they're feeling, I think, pressure from uh, Jewish, um, some would be believers, others would be, you know, people who are trying to come in and force them back into the law, but there's this battle kind of going on between uh, the Gentile believers and and just feeling this need to kind of come back under the law of Moses as a means of their righteousness and Paul saying no 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 you don't need to you don't need to come back under the law because the law really isn't able to save you it's your faith in Jesus Christ and so he's uh, he writes this one phrase in here so, so he says uh, it's in Galatians five six he says for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. Think about that. Those four words, faith working through love. I mean, just think of everything that you could accomplish just with those four words. Faith working through love. I mean, it's just, that is just a powerful concept to me when you stop and think about what Paul is talking about there. And really a lot of what we've been kind of discussing as we're kind of doing the, the healing stuff, it's really, it's, it's walking in, in faith with what the Word of God says. It's walking, uh, it's, it's faith working through love um, and knowing that God loves us um, so much that he sent his one and only begotten son, that in Jesus coming, living a perfect, sinless life, he offers his life up on the cross. Uh, he is crucified. Uh, his flesh is broken. His blood is shed so that our sins could be forgiven. And in addition to that, that um, through the blood of Christ, we could also have our sickness and diseases removed from us. Again, faith working through Love. Um, again, just a very, very powerful concept uh, when you stop and just begin to think about what all is available to us um, through just again those four words faith working through love. Um, so, uh, tonight, before we get started, uh, I'm going to have Dennis Bailey, he's going to come up and share. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, God did something for him, and so I want to give him just a chance to kind of share a little bit about that. supposed to be here two weeks ago, but I uh, decided to help a friend of mine finish his corn, so two, uh, no, that was last week. Two weeks ago, I came up to be prayed for. I had terrible leg pain, knee pain, below the shin, the shin bone, terrible pain, and into the ankle, and the ankle would swell up every every day and Jeff prayed and prayed and prayed and I finally it sometimes started saying by your stripes I am healed well Jeff said I started kind of weak but I got stronger as it went on anyway we got more confident is, <laughs> is you know is what I was kind of picking up on but I tried 
for three or four or five or six weeks to do it on my own. I thought, I can handle this. I can do this. Well, it got where I was taking three Advil every four hours. And then I got canker sores in my back of my mouth from the Advil. So I knew something else. I had to just give it to God. And when I came up here, I must have had eight or ten people praying for me, at least. And Jeff knelt down, had me sit down. He touched my knee. He prayed and prayed. My knee got numb. And he says, how's your knee? I said, it's numb. So he prayed some more. And it got better. It's been really good since. But I'm trying to undo what the Lord has done. Because when I was in the field, I tripped over a corn stalk. And you know what that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing wonderful. Thank the Lord. Good. Amen. Uh, just it gives like kind of just again just some great insight on you know when you're praying for people for healing. Um, when when he came up, I, I just simply said to him, "Are you in pain right now?" He said, "Yes." I said, "You know, like on a scale of one to ten, what's the pain level?" Um, I don't remember what you said, but it was pretty painful. I think he said, it, "Was it a nine? Yeah. And so you know, so sometimes when you just ask people, you know, are you feeling the pain right now? Um, and if you could just put it on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you describe the pain? That way you kind of know that, that they know kind of what they're feeling. And then we just kind of just began to start praying for him. I think like maybe after a couple of just moments of just prayer, praying over him, you know, I just said to him, you know, I just kind of kept asking him, are you still feeling pain? Yes. Okay. We kept praying. You know, and then at some point they said, now it's, it's gone numb. Not something, okay, we're making progress uh, here. And so sometimes, again, it, it's okay. Um, when you're praying for people, if they've got a pain in the back, if they've, if they've got pain in the shoulder or the neck, just ask them, where are you feeling the pain? Can you feel the pain? How would you describe it? And then just begin to pray. And then just kind of stop. And, and you can ask them, are you still feeling the pain? Yeah, then keep praying. Um, th- at some point, you're going you're gonna to begin to get some breakthrough. On that, So don't be discouraged because sometimes, you know, we'll be praying for people and, you know, you'll say, do you still feel the pain? Yes. Oh, it didn't work. No, no, no. Don't do that. Just, okay, we're just going to keep pressing in. We're just going to keep asking God for healing here. And so that's kind of what we did. And then it was great because, like I said last week and what Dennis testified to was he kind of just began to come into agreement with our prayers for him in that he just kind of just kept saying, by his stripes, I am healed. And like I said, he kind of started off, you know, kind of tentative, you know, not real confident. But I just could sense the more he said that, the more his confidence in that, in that testimony, in that profession of his faith, it really kind of began to grow. He started feeling more confident. And so I would say it is a combination of us praying for him and him coming into agreement with that, kind of just standing in agreement with us on that. And I just felt like God really began to just really move in that. So there's just some things you can learn about that. Yep. Did you have something else you wanted to add? That's right. Yep. And that's what, and that's really what you do because there may be times where those symptoms try to come back and that's, it's normal. I mean, that happens. And again, you're doing the right thing just by simply saying, nope, I'm just going to continue to stand on the word of God. And that's kind of a little bit of what we've been talking about, um, in this, let me put this back up here so I don't mess anything up. Hey, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you so much for tonight, Lord. Thank you just again for, time of worship, Lord, that we can just really begin to set our thoughts, to set our hearts upon you tonight. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, again, that you would just come and just uh, birth faith in our hearts tonight. God, if that is a faith for healing, God, that you would just uh, birth that, give us that faith, God, that we can just step out tonight, just trust your word and Father, we just thank you, Lord, that, that, again, that phrase there in Galatians, faith working through love. 
And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you love us. You love us unconditionally. You love us with just an unconditional love, a boundless love. And Father, we thank you for that tonight. Lord, so we just pray that there would just come a uniting of of faith working through love tonight, Father, that you would uh, just begin to just honor your word, honor your promises in our lives tonight, Father. If there are people here that need healing tonight, Father, just pray, Father, that there would just be an honoring of your word tonight. Father, I thank you that Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the truth that your word gives us concerning healing, concerning salvation, concerning your heart toward us. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that that truth would just be impressed upon our hearts tonight. And Father, that in that truth, we can just step out in faith, that God, we can just know in our hearts that that word is for us tonight. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, that whatever needs are represented in this room tonight, God, that you would just begin to stir and just begin to increase our faith and trust in your word and in your promises that you are faithful. And so, Father, we just thank you for your presence here tonight, God. We pray, Lord, that you'll just open our ears, open our our spiritual eyes and ears, Father, that we can see, that, God, we can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to us tonight. Father, we just again thank you for your presence here. And Father, we just ask that you would just be at work in us to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we've kind of been working through this series um, on healing. And we've kind of really been focusing on really ways of positioning ourselves according to the word of God in order to really uh, best receive and to be able to walk and to maintain um, our healing. And we've kind of been using that scripture from Proverbs chapter 4 there in verse 20 through 22. And there he kind of makes this amazing statement, um, a promise. And there he says, my son, and again, that's uh, gender neutral. So it will be my children, uh, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now, again, from these uh, three verses here, we really can find five steps or five ways that we really can best position ourselves in receiving, again, the promise of life and health to all our flesh that the scripture there refers to. Now that word life there uh, in the Hebrew, it means vigorous. It's having kind of this vital pulsating energy. It's being lively. It's, it's uh, exuding strength is what it really means. And when we apply, again, the commands and promises of God's word to our lives, uh, what he's saying there is not only are we going to have healthy bodies, but you're going to have a body that is vital, that is vigorous, that is strong and lively. And again, most of us in this room already know this just by virtue of our own personal experience. How many of you know you can accomplish a lot more for God? You can do a lot more for the kingdom of God when you have a healthy, lively, strong, vigorous body than with a sick, weakly, you know, dying, diseased body. That's true, right? You you can do so much more for the kingdom of God. I mean, you can do so much more just in life when you have a healthy, vigorous, strong body. And people, you know, um, we know that again from our, our own experience. None of us in this room like to be sick. None of us in this room, we don't like to feel weak. We always feel like we can do so much more, we can accomplish so much more, we can be so much more when our bodies are healthy and vigorous and lively and strong. And people have made this statement, you know, before and say, well, you know, God can be glorified in people's sickness and disease. Now, I'm not going to argue that statement 
But let me just ask you this question. Is God more glorified? Does God get more glory in people's sickness or in their healing? Now, if you take that question and you just kind of begin to look through the scriptures, what I think you're going to find in there is God oftentimes got more glory or God was glorified more often in people's healing than he was in their sickness and their disease. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 5, man on a stretcher was brought to Jesus and Jesus heals him. Now, again, as the crowd is, again, this is where, you know, they're just, they're packed in there. I mean, I mean, we're talking multitudes are, are listening to Jesus talk as this healing miracle occurs. And then um, Luke records the crowd's reaction to what Jesus did in that. And in verse 26 there in Luke chapter 5, it says, They were all struck with astonishment. And began, meaning that they weren't up until this point, so they began glorifying God. And they were filled with fear. Now that word fear there, it means awe. They were just kind of filled with deep reverence. And saying, we have witnessed remarkable things today. Now, again, the question, was God glorified in the man's paralysis or in the man's healing? Yeah, the man's healing. Again, God always receives greater glory in our healing than he does in our sickness and our disease. Jesus healed the paralytic because he knew it would be much better. It would be more advantageous for this man to be healed than to be a paralytic. Agreed? I mean, I think we all would say, yes, the, 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 the possibilities, the potential for this man's life has dramatically improved, dramatically increased. I mean, this, this man has the potential of going from being a dependent on a bunch of other people to becoming an independent functioning person who can maybe take care and support himself. Jesus healed him because he knew it would be better and more advantageous for this man than spending the rest of his life lying on a mat begging. Luke 13, beginning of verse 10, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. There was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit, and she was bent double and could not straighten up. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid hands on her, and she immediately was made erect again and began, meaning she wasn't up until this point. But after Jesus laid hands on her and she's healed, she goes from being bent over to being able to stand straight up. She began glorifying God. And then verse 17, again, Jesus doesn't just do this in isolation. There's a multitude of people around as Jesus does this because he's in the synagogue teaching on the Sabbath. And we know that the synagogue would have been full that day. And so here's the crowd's reaction to what Jesus did. As Jesus said this, all of his opponents, those were probably the Jewish leaders, the chief priests, the high priests, were being humiliated. And the entire crowd was rejoicing over all of the glorious things being done by him. Again, this woman did not glorify God before she was healed. She was not giving God glory for her infirmity. God received the glory after she was healed. The crowds were the same. They were amazed. They were rejoicing only after the woman was healed. There is, I cannot find, if you can, please bring it to my attention. I can find no example in the New Testament of people glorifying God for sickness. Or disease. And yet there are numerous examples. I can give you 
Five, six, seven more examples of times where God is glorified either by the person who is healed and or by the crowds who watch the healing take place that all of a sudden the crowd begins to erupt in glorifying, rejoicing, and giving thanks to God for the healing. Matthew 15, beginning in verse 29, departing from there, Jesus went along the Sea of Galilee, having gone up on the mountain. He was sitting there. Large crowds came to him, bringing, and again, large crowds. You know, um, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. There's a difference between a large crowd, one large crowd, and large crowds. I mean, we're talking lots of large, I mean, we're talking maybe probably 25, 30 large crowd. Okay, we're talking multitudes and multitudes of people. I mean, we're talking maybe there could have been anywhere maybe, I mean, we're talking maybe 10, 15,000. Okay, we're, we're talking large crowds, many large crowds there. And they were bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. And they laid them down at his feet and he healed them. So the crowd marveled as they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. I mean, if you were an eyewitness to any of that, I mean, wouldn't you kind of be caught up in that as well? I mean, I mean, think about this. If somebody came in here tonight and was blind and you prayed for them and they received their sight, I mean, what would your response, what would your reaction be to that? I mean, I would just be like, wow, whoa. That's their reaction. I mean, they're, they're seeing this, not just one incident. They're seeing hundreds Maybe thousands of people being healed in a moment. I mean, that would just rock your world. I love the Amplified Bible says that uh, if that is that they recognized God. You know, they glorified God. The Amplified says that in that they recognized God. Again, when healing is taking place, I mean, people, they're just going to recognize God is here. God is in this place. God is moving. And that is the region large numbers of people turn up um, in, in large healing crusades. When, when, when healing starts breaking forth, I mean, if you've ever read any um, of uh, Catherine Coleman's, I mean, you know, just um, reading the, the autobiography of people that would would come to where she was going to be having a healing crusade because she had a reputation of just healings breaking out. And there would be people who would line up for hours. I mean, sometimes in, in just the, you know, hot, hot sun, they would stand out there for, you know, get there early, early in the morning just to get in line. And they would wait all day just to get inside to either be healed or to just witness the healings. I mean, that to me is just incredible. And so when, when God begins to break out in healing, it's just amazing how people will, will go to great lengths to get there, to be there. Um, because again, they just see that God is moving. God is working. And so again, you'll never find one case of sickness or disease that God is glorified by. It's only in the healing that people Rejoice and that God is glorified. Now, again, may not be what you've been taught, um, but it is what I believe the Bible teaches. You'll never find it recorded in the word of God that people gave God glory for any other thing other than healing. So God is glorified in our, in our healing. When our bodies go from sickness to health, from disease to strength from disease, you know, to vital energy, from disease to, you know, again, just that, that uh, active living. Again, God is glorified. Um, it, if God is glorified in sickness and disease, think about this. The next time somebody gets cancer, maybe we just rejoice in that. Try that. 
Somebody comes to you and says, I've just been diagnosed in in cancer. Let's just glorify God for that. I mean, what kind of a response do you think you would get from a person if that's what you said to them? Let's give God glory. Let's rejoice in your cancer. Isn't that kind of what we're asking when we kind of expect that God is going to be glorified in sickness and disease? I mean, I've, I've heard this too, you know, oh, oh, God causes cancer to teach us a lesson. I mean, just go back to what we talked about last week. You know, if, if you're a parent, how many of you as parents, moms and dads, how many of you would put cancer on your kid to teach him a lesson? I mean, I know you're just sitting there thinking, that's just crazy. But yet we don't have any problem ascribing that kind of a motive to God. You know, how many of you would break your kid's arm to teach him a lesson? No. I mean, we just, I mean, that's just so foolish to us. But yet we'll entertain the same kinds of ideas when it comes to God. And like I said last week, what are we saying about our heavenly father when we entertain those kinds of thoughts. If God gets glory out of sickness and disease, okay, if we really believe that, then wouldn't it be wrong in certainly some circumstances to go to God and get healed of something if it's God's will for you to have it? I mean, isn't that kind of contrary to walking in the will of God? I mean, if it's God's will that you have the sickness and disease and you're going to a doctor, you're seeking treatments to get out of it, aren't you kind of going against the will of God? And isn't that wrong? I mean, if God gave it, if it's his will for you, I mean, shouldn't you just receive that and give God glory for that because it's his will? No. Again, we know that this doesn't make sense. But yet, oftentimes, we will kind of try to prescribe to that kind of thinking. If God blesses people through sickness and disease, then maybe some of you just need to ask for a double dose of that blessing. Right? I mean, isn't that what we're saying? Isn't that kind of what we're, I mean, to me, that's kind of the logical next step. If God gave me cancer and it's a blessing and I want to be blessed of God, I want to walk in God's blessings, maybe my response to that should be, can I have bone and brain cancer? Can you just doubly bless me with cancer? I mean, that's kind of sometimes I think the, the logical next step if we really believe that God gives us sicknesses and disease as a blessing. Again, the kind of life that I think God wants us to have, the kind of life that I think God wants us to walk in. Again, Proverbs 4, chapter 20 through 22. Again, there he says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Why would you do that? And he says, because they are life to those who find them. And health. Well-being. It's healing of all their flesh. So we've already talked about that first one, my son or my child, my daughter. Again, we talked about that, you know, just really being kind of an invitation to a very intimate, very deep relationship and walk with our heavenly father. More than physical healing, God desires that we just have intimate fellowship. God is drawing us into a deeper walk with him. And I just believe out of that intimate relationship, I I just believe that, that God's heart, his desire really is to see us walk in all of his blessings. And that includes healing for our bodies. So again, oftentimes, you know, um, 
God is, is drawing us. He's calling us into that relationship. He, he's wanting us to get to know him. Um, and we've, that's what we've been talking about, the names of God on Sunday. Again, it, it's, just, it, it's part of that bringing us into that, that place of deeper fellowship, of deeper intimacy with us. We get to know him by how he reveals himself to us through his names. And then out of that intimacy, out of that fellowship, all of these blessings and promises, God just begins to, to uh, just to allow them to flow and to begin to bless us um, in our walk. So the first position, again, is, is my son, just a place of intimacy, a place of fellowship. Second position is we just attend to God's word. Proverbs there, it says, my son, my daughter, attend to my words. We talked about that last week. Other translations may say, give attention to my words or pay attention to what I say. Again, to attend, that word there, it really simply means to watch over it, to just meditate, to study it, to absorb it. Pay attention to what it says. Attending to the word of God involves not just reading the word, but it's meditating, kind of like what I did there in Galatians, faith working through love. There was just something about that phrase that caught my attention. And rather than just reading that, I stopped and I really began to meditate on that. And I really began to think and to ponder on those four words, faith working through love. What are you saying to me, God? What is, how do I begin to walk um, that out? That's, again, that is attending to the word. Again, there's a huge difference between reading the word and meditating on the word. People who just read the word, you're just reading it to, to check it off uh, of a list, again, are never as effective. You're never going to be as victorious as those who really begin to take time to meditate, to absorb, to attend um, on the word of God. Again, we kind of talked about Psalm 1, uh, giving us, again, some insight um, as to those who meditate on the word of God as opposed to those who just read it. And there it says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight or his pleasure is in the law of the Lord or the word of God. And in his law, his word, he meditates. There's, there's that word meditate again. There's that constant, there's that abiding um, continual abiding in the word of God and the results of that meditating day and night upon the word of God. Again, the, the blessing or the fruit of that is found in verse three. And he says, when you meditate day and night upon God's word, he says, you will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Again, that's the difference between someone who just reads the word and someone who really takes time to meditate, to attend, to really ponder, to study, to think upon what um, they are reading. Attending to the word of God requires us to meditate on God's word, not just simply read it. Third position, um, and we're going to start here, um, new one, is he says here, um, is incline your ear to God's word. So Proverbs 4.20 continues by saying, my son, my child, attend to my words. Okay, meditate versus just reading. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now other translations will, will kind of say, listen carefully to my words or tune your ear to my voice. Jesus said, if you're his sheep, his sheep hear his voice. So this inclining, again, your ear, it is listening for his voice, is what it, what it means there. Consent and submit to my sayings. That's kind of the idea there behind inclining your ear uh, to God's sayings. Again, now, this, this idea of inclining your ear, it is literally if I came and took Dan and took him by the ear. And led him where I wanted him to go. How many of you have ever been, ever had maybe a teacher come and kind of, I know you can't do that today. And you will not have a job and you will end up 
poor from bankruptcy if you ever grab a kid today. But in my day, if, you, if the teacher wanted you to go somewhere that you were not willingly wanting to go, she would grab you by the ear. And if you've ever had this done, you go exactly where the person who has your ear wants you to go. That's the idea here. Incline is where you kind of just take your ear and you just, you bring it, you incline it um, to the word of God. Now, our natural mind says, again, is uh, our natural inclination is just, just listen to every report. I mean, you just listen to every opinion that is out there. You solicit as much input as you can. And you just, you know, listen to what everybody else has to say ahead of or before the word of God. Our natural mind says, I'm going to get as much input. I want to get as much information. I want to get as many opinions as I can before I move forward and make a decision. Again, our natural inclination, our fleshly inclination is we want to put all of that input, all of that information and opinion ahead of what the word of God says. I've done that. You've done that. We've all done that. We're all guilty of that. However, Proverbs 4.20 says... One of the ways you best position yourself for vital, strong, bodily health is that we first and foremost, we have got to incline, we got to pull our ear. We have got to bring our ear to what the word of God says, and we've got to be influenced by it in what we do, in what we say, what we believe, and how we live. Now, it's great to have confirmation. It's great to have people that are going to stand in agreement with you for what the Word of God says. But if there are none, we need to be prepared to just fully trust and submit ourselves to what the Word of God says, even if it goes against everything else we hear and see that is contrary. Again, it's so vital for us to keep God's words ever present in our ears. One of the best and most effective ways to accomplish that, again, is just by speaking it out of your mouth. I was uh, looking at Janice Sini's book the other day, um, and I I meant to bring it up here with me, and, and, and I didn't. But it was basically, again, just speaking the word of God's promises over your life. And I, and I, I don't think that there's probably anybody that disagrees um, on this. I know Joyce Myers has stuff out um, where she talks about, you know, here's who you are in Christ. And she says, you got to speak this out. You got to say this out loud. Um, and so, you know, the, the, this is kind of a, a, um, a process that a lot of um, people are in agreement on. You know, you, you just got to speak this stuff out. Faith comes by hearing, Romans ten seventeen says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I've done this before, so some of you already know the answer to this question, but maybe you've never um, heard me do this. But I, I just want to show you again the importance um, of what happens when you speak something out. What I'm going to ask you to do is uh, I'm going to ask you, I think everybody kind of knows this, um, I'm going to ask you to start counting in your mind um, one to ten. So don't do it out loud. I just want you in your, in your mind, in your conscience, I want you just to kind of, when I tell you to, I just want you to start counting, you know, in your mind. One, two, three, four, five. Now, when I say now, I want you all to say um, the words, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We all know that song, right? Okay. Uh, and then I'm, I'm gonna, I want to give you a really important spiritual point from this. I know it sounds silly. Humor me. Um, you're going to be blessed by this if you'll just play along on this. So that's what I want you to do. I just want you to um, just, I'm going to be quiet here for a second and just want you to start counting. When I say now, we're just all going to speak that out together. Okay, are you ready? Now, just start counting. Now, Jesus loves me. This I know For the Bible tells me so. Now, what happened to the counting in your mind? It stopped. Here's a great spiritual point. Anytime your mind is racing, your mind will always stop to listen to what your mouth is saying. That is, that is just a great, and that's why, again, it's so important sometimes that you got to just speak it out. 
Because some of you right now, you're losing the battle. You're losing the war in your mind. Your mind is telling you the enemy is working overtime in your mind to convince you of things that are contrary to the word of God. And the only way that you can overcome that is through the word of your testimony. And the word of your testimony is something that just has to be spoken out. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith for healing, faith for salvation, faith for prosperity, faith for every promise and plan of God for our lives comes by hearing what the word of God says and then us speaking that word out of our mouths. Now, I haven't really, um, the, again, the amazing thing was, was that when Jesus healed the paralytic, a lot of you remember that it, whose faith was it that Jesus recognized and, and commented on in the parable or uh, in the healing? Anybody remember? Yeah, yeah, Nancy's right. It wasn't the individual who was the paralytic who was lying on the mat. What Jesus saw and what Jesus responded to was the faith of those who brought him. You know, sometimes, and this is, this is so painful if this has ever happened to you and, and you've ever been contending for healing and it just hasn't happened and somebody has said to you, if you only had more faith. Man, you, know, you can almost just turn them back on them. You know what? No, if you would have had faith. For me, God would have moved on your faith for my healing just as much as God would have moved on my faith for healing. Here's something that I, I uh, and I think you and I kind of talked a little bit about this because you had, you had asked me about that, the role of faith in this. Um, because I think that we've all heard those horror stories when someone isn't healed and they're told it's because you didn't have enough faith. Now, there may be a little truth in that, but there's also a big lie in that as well. The, the little truth in there is, is that faith does play a role. And, and, and faith is important. And, and, and I want us to have faith for all of the things that God promises us. But I, wa- I want you to understand is it's just a little of the right faith. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed that is the smallest of all seeds. He says, you know what? If you have faith that, that's even smaller or, or as small as a mustard seed, Jesus said, with, with just a little of the right kind of faith, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it will, and it will, it will happen. It, it, will, it will be moved. What oftentimes happens is you can have a lot of the wrong kind of faith and it's not going to do anything. Let me just give you an illustration. If I were to say to you, um, you know, if you would stand on your head in a corner over there for 20 minutes, you'll be healed. Okay, You can go and you can stand in that corner 20 minutes on your head. Is that faith? Yes. You believe that. You did exactly what I told you to do. You put faith in what I said. That's faith. Is it biblical faith? No. It's not biblical faith. What is, what is biblical faith? Biblical faith is, I love this. He says, James says, is there any among you suffering? Is anyone among you sick? Then let him call for the elders of the church. They're to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Hmm, what name of the Lord do you suppose James is referring to there? Jehovah Rapha. See, if if I were to say to you, are you sick? Let's call for the elders of the church. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to anoint you with oil. And we are going to call on the name of Jehovah Rapha, the God, my Lord, uh, my healer, the, the Lord, my physician. Is that biblical faith? Yes, because it's what the word says. That's the difference. See, you can have just a little of the right kind of faith 
And baby, you'll move mountains. But you can have a lot. I mean, you can have tons of the wrong kind of faith. And it's not going to do anything. So oftentimes when, when you're praying for people for healing, it's okay to ask them, what are you believing for? It's okay. Maybe they don't know. They don't know what to believe for. That is a perfect time just to begin to speak into them. Let me build your faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to begin to build faith. I want to begin to increase. I want to impart faith to you for healing. And, and that's where you can just begin to turn to the word. We've still got books out there on the healing promises by Kenneth Copeland. If you haven't picked one of those up, grab one of those tonight. All of the healing promises are in there. As you just begin to speak that word into people's spirit, what it, 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 it's giving them faith for what the word of God says regarding their healing. By his stripes, you were healed. When Jesus bore the stripes, when he was being whipped and beaten prior to the crucifixion, the Bible says because he bore those stripes, because his blood was shed as part of the atonement, the Bible says that, that by his stripes you are healed. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, it, it carries away, it bore away your sickness and your disease. You get people to begin to have faith in that. And if they just get a little bit of it, God can begin to move mountains in their life. So that, that is the role of faith for me. It's just get them a little of the right kind. And man, watch, things are going to happen. But if they've got faith that is not biblical, oh, you know, if I just look at this crystal... A lot of people out there, that I mean, they're into crystals. I mean, there's just a lot of really hokey things. And people have faith in that. Is it faith? Yes, it's faith. Is it biblical? No. And so what we need to do is we really need to begin to impart to them biblical faith. What the Word of God says regarding their healing. What the Word of God says regarding their salvation. You know, the Bible says that God desires all people to come to salvation. Man, just get people to begin to build faith for their salvation. What is the word of God saying regarding, uh, you know, uh, prosperity? What does the word of God say, you know, regarding any of that? You just begin to, to give people the word, what the word of God says relating to that, and you begin to build faith in them for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so again, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. What does the word of God have to say about healing? And, and, and you know, like Dennis did, Dennis just began to speak out. And, and as I said, I just noticed confidence built. Faith started coming. And, and there was just kind of like, you could just kind of begin to see kind of this momentum this faith just kind of building in him as he just begins to kind of come into agreement with the word of God regarding his healing. That is biblical faith. Now, you know, if he's sitting up here, you know, singing, you know, doe a deer, a female deer, you know, and, and thinking that, that in that is healing, it's like, no. It, that, we want to bring you into alignment, into agreement, into harmony with what the word of God says regarding your healing. By his stripes, I am healed. That is an agreement. Um, and you're going to build faith with that. Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 19, verse 14. Uh, Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Again, uh, Matthew 12, 34 says, For the mouth speaks out that which fills the heart. Again, there are times where you just got to filter, folks. What, is, what are you hearing? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Okay, because there is so much fear and doubt and uncertainty and unbelief that can be spoken by people around you. I mean, there are times, circumstances, and situations where you have to tell yourself when it comes to healing, no, 
The word of God says that by his stripes I am healed. The word says that he carried away my sicknesses. He bore my diseases upon the cross. Okay? The doctor may tell you you have three months to live. You need to counter that with what the word of God says in Jeremiah 30, 17. For I will restore to you health and I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord. I had a friend of mine, um, this was a number of years ago, a good, good friend of mine. Um, she was kind of like a, a mom to me growing up, and I grew up with her kids. We went to the same church, the same high school. We were in the same grade. I'd known them. I, it just felt like my whole life. And we were in, um, I think we were in Indiana, weren't we, when I found out about Bernita having that cancer? I remember being, I think it was in we were in Indiana, and we were there for New Year's, and somebody had sent me a text, I think it was my sister, and said that this really good friend of mine had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I was just, oh, there was just a heaviness on my heart. And I just remember that the Lord had spoken just very, very clearly to me that I was to call her and tell her um, that she was, that she was not going to die. This God was going to heal her. And as a matter of fact, I was supposed to tell her specifically that she was to begin to plan a party, a celebration of life. One year from the date that that diagnosis was given to her and that she would live to declare the works of the Lord. And so I finally got a hold of her, and I, I just said, I, you know, I know this is going to sound really weird to you, but you know, I'm really sorry to hear about your diagnosis, but I have got great news for you. And so I told her what God had said to me. You're going to be healed, and, and, and God wants you to kind of begin to plan a celebration of life one year to the date of the diagnosis, and then we're all going to be there, and you're going to testify, you're going to declare the works of the Lord. Um, in, in your healing. And she did. She had that party one year later and she invited everybody. Everybody came and she was healed. Here's the amazing thing. It was shortly thereafter that she got into great fear. Cancer came back and she died. It's like, oh, so heartbreaking. And I just remember having a conversation with her on the phone. And she, she just said it just the enemy just after that, just the enemy just started coming at her and just filled her with so much fear. I, I, I just remember just talking to her on the phone. Uh, we were living, I think we were living in, I think we were here in Mason City at that time. And I just remember just uh, hearing her on the phone and the fear just being so prevalent and so great. And I, I did everything I could to just try to feed the faith in there, but she was just so filled with fear because she'd listened to what the enemy had said. So again, it just was a, a great lesson for me. You know, if you think about, um, I was thinking about this even today, and I was just reminded of, you remember when, um, I think it's in Luke chapter 8, um, Jesus, I think, has that healing in the middle of the healing. Yeah, verse 40. Um, and there came a man named Jairus, and he was an official of the synagogue. Fell at Jesus' feet, began to implore him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. But as he went, the crowds were pressing against him. And then this was when the woman with the issue of blood kind of comes in and, and interrupts all of that. Um, and then she gets healed. Um, and so um, while he was still speaking, someone came from the house of the synagogue official in verse 49, saying to him, your daughter's died. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But when Jesus heard this, he answered and said, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. And she will be made well. 
And when he came to his house, uh, Jesus did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the girl's father and mother. Now inside, they were all weeping and lamenting for her. And he said, stop weeping for she has not died, but is asleep. And look what they did. They began to laugh at him, knowing that she had died. Um, The scripture says that Jesus basically took them and put them out of the room, got rid of them. They're laughing. They're mocking. They're in a place of disbelief. Jesus took them and put them out. Folks, sometimes you've got to take the people that are mocking and doubting and laughing you got to get, you got to put them out. you gotta, you got to get away from that. Jesus did that. We need to do that. There just are times where people, best intention, best intention, and sometimes you just got to shut it down. Don't listen. Get, incline your ear to what is the word of God saying. Not what is so-and-so, not as one of my best friends. You know, what is the word of God saying? And that's where you really got to plant your heart. Because again, the enemy will get in there and he's going to do everything he can to derail your healing, to derail your salvation, to derail your prosperity, whatever it is you're contending for. The enemy is always going to begin to come in and try to steal that seed. That's why the parable of the sower is so important. Um, So again, just... I think we're kind of to the end here. Good. All right, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you so much. And Lord, we just thank you that, again, you are giving us just ways and and just divine strategies tonight, God, about how to really begin to position our hearts, our lives, our walk with you. That, God, we can receive. That, God, we can just begin to, to walk in and to manifest, again, healing. Again, Lord, that we can... Again, just not just the promise of healing, but God, just the promise of all that your word has for us. So, Father, I just, I just pray tonight that, God, whatever needs are represented in this room tonight, God, whether they are needs for healing, whether they're just needs for peace, for financial blessing, God, whatever needs are represented in this word, God, would you just begin to incline our ears. God, would you just cause our eyes to begin to attend to what your word, what your promises are for us. And God, we pray, Lord, that that would be where we set our hearts. That God, that is where we begin to just speak out your word. God, where we begin to just allow faith to begin to take root and to begin to grow and begin to produce fruit in our lives. And so, Father, we just pray, Lord, as that parable we talked about last week, that seed being the word of God, that, God, as you begin to just plant the seed of your word in our hearts, God, that that seed would find good, favorable, receptive soil. And that, God, that word would just begin to just germinate, that it would begin to take root in our hearts and in our lives. And that, God, we would just begin to just stand, that God, we would just begin to speak in agreement, in unity, in harmony with what your word says regarding our situation, regarding what your word says, what your promises are. All of your promises are yes and amen. Not yes, no, maybe, God, they are yes and amen. Yes, and so be it. And Lord, it's yes and amen. So that you would be glorified, that you would receive glory in watching over and performing your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word, it never goes out. It doesn't return void to you without accomplishing the purpose for which it was sent forth. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that your word would just go forth in this place tonight. That, God, whatever that word is for people tonight, whether it's for their healing, whether it's for their peace, The Father, we pray, Lord, that word would go forth tonight, that it would not return void or empty without accomplishing that which it was sent forth for. So tonight, Father, we just ask, Lord, that your word would come in power, 
We ask, Lord, that your word would come with clarity tonight. And that, God, we would attend to that. That we would solely and completely just give our whole attention, our whole being to your word. We thank you, Father, tonight that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. Tonight, God, we want to live by every word, by every promise that proceeds from your word tonight, Father. So come and just begin to plant those seeds nurture, water, and bring forth growth. We just thank you for all of this tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.